good morning on this Monday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Yesterday, if you were following with us, we left off on making mention that we were going to be talking about Job. And that is where we're going to be at today. Here is an example of background information that is given to us, just like during the time of Daniel, where we see what's happening behind the scenes. In the spirit world, what is taking place at the same time that something else is taking place here on earth. And we can see the influences of the spiritual upon the natural. The influences of that which is from the realm of the spirit to the influences of the human mind and the human body, human thought. It says in the book of Job in chapter 1 in verse number 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And the word there that is basically used, the sons of God, is simply to be understood as a son, Ben, the the Ben Elohim, uh, the sons of God, came to present themselves before the Lord. And of course, it's talking about the angels and Satan, not Lucifer, but Satan. So at this point, Satan has already fallen. He's already deceived one third of the angels. He's already deceived Adam and uh, deceived Eve and Adam. And of course, they have fallen. And we get a picture here. He presents himself before the presence of God, not as Satan, but he presents himself as an angel of light, disguising himself in such a way that the other angels are not able to recognize him. Because you have to remember that he is not allowed, or he should not be allowed in the presence of God, and yet he goes there as an angel of light, but as an accuser. It says in verse number 7, The Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? So God was able to recognize him, even though maybe not a single of the other angels did. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and walking up and down in it. So here we have an idea, even though in the realm of the Spirit is where he's at, But on the earth, this is where his influence is being felt or taking place. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job? Notice, God identifies Job not only by name, but he identifies him as God's servant. Exactly how and exactly when he was serving God is not fully disclosed, But Job is supposed to be one of, if not the oldest book of the Bible. In other words, it was written before any of the other books were written. Therefore, the events that take place here are absolutely awesome. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? A perfect, that means a mature, a perfect and upright man, Uh, Those of you that had heard the service, we talked about righteousness, uprightness, and here is an example of it. An upright man, one that fears God and hates evil. And of course, there are seven things that God can identify with an individual. And one of the things that an individual 
that loves God is one that hates evil. It says in verse number 10, Has not thou, Satan responding to God, made a hedge about him, one that is invisible to our eyes, one that we cannot see, but yet God has put it there. Exactly how that hedge is formed or how that hedge is developed, whether it's the ministering angels, the good angels that are uh, around us, whether it's the angel of the Lord, uh, we're not specifically told, but there is a hedge. In other words, there is a border, a line that is made that we cannot go beyond and he cannot go beyond either. Has thou, thou has made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side. Notice, notice God's protection for those that fear him, those that walk in his ways and according to his word. He hedges about to protect our house. All that he had or all that we have on every side. Now, here, here's an interesting understanding of a shepherd. A shepherd in the time of Israel, back in those days, would build out of thorns or out of sticks or out of anything around a cave of some sort, some opening, a hedge. This hedge was to keep wolves, lions, bears, or any other animal out. And what the shepherd would do, here's an interesting concept. He would leave just a very small opening for all the sheep to enter in. And with his rod and with his staff, he would check his sheep. He would lead them in, uh, guide each one and let them all in. And then at the nighttime, the shepherd would literally sleep in that small little opening between the two sides of the hedge where they would have met. And that is where he would lie. That is where he would stay the entire night to protect his sheep. And we can get an understanding and insight into this in the book of John in chapter 10 when Jesus said, I am the shepherd, the good shepherd. But he also said, I am the door. Nobody enters in and nobody goes out except through me. He identifies us as the sheep, but he also identifies a hedge around the sheepfold. He identifies himself as the only door through which you can go in or you can go out. In this instant, everything that Job had was protected by that hedge around his house, around his children, around everything that he had on every side. And Satan says, you have blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. So Satan was able to recognize all that God had done for Job. And Job recognized all that God had done for him. It says in verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power. So all of a sudden, he is given permission. And the word power there is the word hand. All that he has is in your hand. Only 
upon himself, put not forth your hand, the exact same word. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And verse 22, well, before I read verse 22, remember what happens afterwards. Satan goes and destroys, and that's what his title is, one that comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. Jesus came that we might have life. He came as the shepherd. He came as the door. In all of this that happens to him, one tragic event after another, one circumstance after another, he didn't have time to even take a deep breath before the other event had already been brought to his attention. And the scripture says in verse 22, and this has to do with the battle that rages in our heart and in our mind. In all this, Job sinned not, nor did he charge God Foolishly. Now, what do we mean by that? In all this, he did not sin. In other words, when the circumstances of life come and they hit us, not only at full blast and full throttle, but with everything that can possibly be thrown at us, in one moment and instant of time, our mind has a tendency of wandering with thoughts that can be implanted or were in our hearts already. Why did God allow this? Why did God permit this? How come this happened to me? I serve God. I go to church. I pay my tithes. I read my Bible. I pray. I even fast. And all of these things are actually not wrong if we just have them in our, in our mind, but never allow them to find a place to exit meaning our mouth. See, you cannot stop a bird from flying around your head, but you can prevent it from building a nest. There's a big difference. He can be flying, throwing his little darts, but as long as we don't permit him to build a nest and live there, then we'll be doing all right. While in all of this, Job sinned not, nor charge God foolishly. So that means he did not open his mouth against God. He did not blame God at this point. So we go to chapter 2 now, and it says in verse 1, And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord Of course, he didn't come to worship. He came to accuse. And that's all he does. In Revelation, we find him as the accuser of the brethren day and night. That's all he does is accuse. But there is a day when the scripture says in the book of Revelation in chapter 12 from verse 9 onward that he will be cast out of heaven and his times of accusation are going to stop. No more accusing. It ceases. And chances are, since this takes place in chapter 12 of the book of Revelation, and many believe that the Bema judgment of the Christian takes place in chapter 11, that is when we are in heaven and the judgment is taking place of all believers, Satan has been accusing throughout all the chapters of the Bible, accusing day and night, But all of a sudden, the rewards are handed out. 
The judgments are passed. The rewards are now given to the saints. And there is rejoicing because of that. But he still continues to accuse. And God says no more. And he's cast down to the earth. And a warning is given to the inhabitants of the earth. And they are told, whoa, whoa, Satan is now upon the earth. And his hour is short and he knows that his time is short. So those inhabitants of the earth during that time better watch out because he's coming with a vengeance. So the Lord said unto Satan, from where are you coming? And Satan answered, the Lord from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down it. The exact same thing he had mentioned the first time in chapter 1. And the Lord says unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? God also sticks to his guns and says the same thing. There is none like him in all the earth. A perfect and upright man. One that fears God. He hates evil. And still, I love this. This is God's testimony of Job. God says he still holds fast his integrity Although thou moveth me against him to destroy him without a cause. In other words, he's telling him, look, you wanted me to do this to him and do this to him. There was a hedge around him. There was no reason. His poor mind writing up is in an uproar. But in the midst of all of that, he has refused to open his mouth and accuse God or say anything contrary to God. He holds fast his integrity. That means that his innocence, his innocence is the only thing that is causing him to stay firm. Now, for those of you that heard Sunday morning's message, we talked about that. Righteousness, sometimes you can define it as being declared innocent. Well, God had declared Job basically innocent. And now we find Satan trying to find reason to accuse him. No, he's guilty. But God reaffirms it by saying, look, he still holds fast his integrity. Even though you wanted me to move against him and destroy him. I'm not a destroyer. I am a builder. I am the giver of life, not one that takes it away. And in this case, he tells them, there is no cause. There is not a reason. Now, the scripture says in the book of Proverbs, the curse causeless will not come. In other words, you cannot have a curse come unless there is a cause or reason for it. In this case, there was absolutely none. Just like for Jesus, there was no reason why Satan should have moved against him except what was written in the scriptures. All to fulfill all righteousness so that the Son of God could pay the price for us, so that we could find our standing in Christ, just like Job had his, and be declared innocent before God through the righteousness of Christ Jesus in our lives. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. We will continue tomorrow. Join us as we continue searching out Job and his integrity and holding out until the end. In Jesus' name, amen.